Welcome to the Above Average Driven Millennials podcast series, where entrepreneurs, celebrities, and athletes talk about their journey, from starting and all the shit they had to go through to get where they are today. Please spread the love. Write us a review. We want to help as many entrepreneurs and people as we can with advice from industry experts. Now, here's your host, president and founder of Adapting Social, John A. Vaguero. Hey guys, I am here with Phil from Philly's Cuts on the Above Average Driven Millennials podcast. John could not be in this morning, but I have the honor of sitting down with them. Phil, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you guys? Good, good, really good. So we are so honored to have you on our podcast this morning. It is a huge, huge opportunity for us to learn more about you, what you've been through, and what has led you up to being who you are now today. So I just want you to tell me a little bit more about your business and what really inspired you to become who you are now. Well, my business is based on being a, a beauty salon and a barbershop together. Um, um, so that's pretty much how I wanted my shop to be because I wanted all aspects of the hair industry in one. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's just where, that's just, that's just, that was my dream to have to do both because, you know, I liked the, the beauty of both the barbering and seeing the, um, um, the hair salon side, and I thought by putting them both together, sometimes, you know, you, people say that you shouldn't do that, but, you know, I went against the grain and did it anyway. It actually is working out. Um, you know, we do all types of hair. You know, there's not any type of hair that we can't do or won't do um, as far as services go, but um, it was definitely an experience. It's working out, and just hoping it keeps progressing in the future. I love that. That's amazing, man. And I love how you are kind of going against what everyone else would typically do. I know for me personally, like, when I used to have shorter hair and get my hair cut all the time, I used to go to a place where they only did, like, guys' barbershop hair. And it'd be, like, the whole, like, straight-edge razor and everything along those lines, and they never really offered anything else for, like, if a, if a woman wanted to come in and get her hair done, they didn't do it. So I... Definitely admire you wanting to offer it's, for it's, everyone. It's more of a beauty salon. We are a two-chair barbershop in the front, and the rest of it is a beauty salon. Um, uh, the idea, the ideal uh, target behind that was, you know, um, let's just say, for instance, you know, moms bringing their children in, you know, uh, women sometimes aren't comfortable with, you know, 18 men sitting on the couch, a lot of, you know, nonsense going on, and I wanted to eliminate that, and I wanted to be a friendly family atmosphere that if a woman or a man came in with any one of their children, they would all be comfortable with it all working out with uh, the salon and the barbershop there as a whole. Um, not limiting moms taking their kids to the barbershop and she's got to go somewhere else and the husband's got to go somewhere else. Hey, let's just all go to Philly's Cup to get our hair done. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're simplifying the entire process for everyone involved. And that's so cool because I feel like more times than not, people are just going to exactly like you described it. Someone will go here, someone will go there. Like, I have a big family too, so I can guarantee growing up having a place like Philly's Cuts around would have simplified like everything that my dad was doing when you bring everyone to get their hair cut. And another thing, you know, is just I've always been doing 
even though I'm a, a stylist as well for men, but it's just uh, it's just a real experience, and it's just um, it's uh, it's it's actually mind-boggling seeing the transformation when a woman comes in and gets her hair done, and then when she leaves, and um, then being happy uh, leaving with whatever color service or cut that they wanted, and it's just the whole transformation of that aspect of the uh, business. Mm-hmm. It's something that I, not that I'm, I do it, but I like watching it and learning it. So it's just, you know, to me, you're not the best unless you do everything. And, wow. you know, I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm great at what I do. Um, but, you know, I tell that, you know, people all the time, you could be the best barber, but you can't say you're the best unless you know everything about the industry. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like that's super appropriate to life, too. Like, a lot of people shoot to always be the best, but then always think that the best is so much more than just being good at what you do. It's good at being everything that you do. And that's what really sets a lot of people apart, too. And it, it, I'm sure it motivates you. Like, you've been doing what you've been doing for a while, and knowing that there's still so much room to progress is so important. Because once you really do reach that point of the top, like, where else do you go? Like, you always want to strive to do more and provide more to your customers, too. And that's a a good point that you touched on because I'm a firm believer is once you're on top, there's only one way to go, and that's down. And I don't want to go down, so I really don't want to be at the tippy top. I want to be – I don't want to be at 100% capacity because if you're at 100% capacity, I would rather stay around the 80% capacity – so I have room to grow more clients and clients that want to come for the price that um, that we charge and everything because we're not the cheapest, but we're not the most expensive. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fair for where we are today um, in the world as far as prices that we charge. And, um, you know, once you're at 100% capacity, you, 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 something's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So what were you like when you were growing up? Were you always interested in hairstyling, or was there something it's else? It's funny that, you know, growing up, I would say anywhere from, of course, from when I was young, I mean, one, two, I wouldn't know anything. But, you know, growing up, um, I grew up in a town called Lodi. That's Bergen County, New Jersey. And I lived in a big Italian section. The whole block was just all uh, cafes, barbershops, you know, uh, bread, you know, uh, all types of uh, delicatessens and, and um, stuff like that. And so, I mean, I used to go to this one barber shop on Sundays with a couple of my friends. We used to walk down there, and um, it's funny because his name was Tino, and um, he was an old school barber. I mean, nothing that uh, he did <laughs> was uh, sanitary. Nothing that he did that <laughs> was anything. I mean, he'd have such a bad cough, he'd just whip out a rag in it, put it back in his pocket while he's cutting your hair. <laughs> you know, so it was just funny. And we loved the guy. He was a great guy. And um, ever, it, it's kind of weird, but, you know, I don't know what drew, drew me to the fascination of when I'd watch him do the haircut. You know, back then, you know, uh, square backs and round backs were very popular in my, in, in my era uh, growing up. And it was just a fascinating. I was just fascinated how he'd make those nice lines in the back, and I was, and I always wanted that. You know what I mean? So I would just go there and I'd watch, and eventually, you know, he gave me a little, you know, sweep up for you know a couple dollars or whatever, and do that, and I did that, and then 
you know, it just actually took off from there, you know, and just, you know, went through middle school, same thing, and then, you know, high school, I decided to make a change and not go to regular high school and go to vocational school in um, uh, Hackensack at Bergen Tech and uh, took the cosmetology course there. Wow, that's amazing. So right from getting your hair cut when you were growing up, it just was always a love for you right yeah. from the start. Yeah. That's incredible. I feel like most people need to go through a lot to find what they love, and mm-hmm. for you, you just knew right off the bat. Right off the bat. That's super inspirational. Sometimes when you know what you really want to accomplish, you just know. Like, it's something greater than you can explain. You just have your eyes on something you want to accomplish, and you do it, and you did it. That's incredible. So since you were in North Jersey, which is about, like, I'm assuming an hour and a half away from where you are now, what prompted you to move down south a little bit? Well, you know, um, you know, once I graduated high school, actually, I graduated high school, I, I did take the cosmetology course, and to tell you the truth, I failed the, um, the New Jersey Board State Test, and I never did get my license at that particular time. And then I wound up getting a, um, a, a summer job from my brother he was working for. Um, it was actually a brand-new company that just came out. Now it's, it's popular. I mean, it definitely died down from what it was. Um, in the early 90s, but when Arizona Ice Tea just came out, I took a job with them. I wow. mean, they were just a little small factory in Clifton. And uh, I was wound up working in the damages uh, piles, just for like $10 an hour, and fixing damages up, making ca- making cases full and putting them back. And, and then I was going to get back into the industry after that. But as I was there, they asked me to stay throughout the, win- the winter, became a helper in the warehouse then, then was driving forklifts, Arizona Ice Tea was just booming. It started really taking off, and um, then I became a helper on the truck and all that, and it was making you know fifteen, eighteen dollars an hour, and um, so I stayed. And I actually put the um, cosmetology uh, uh, state board license retake on the on the back burner, mm-hmm. and I wound up staying there. Then I became sales, and you know I was doing very well in that, so I continued that path, and then eventually, but I was still cutting hair on the side, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. it just, you know, but it just wasn't working in a shop, and um, and then actually, you know, I, you know, hanging out, you know, I was, what, 22 years old, you know, I was young, so, you know, then hanging out with, you know, corporate wigs, and, and following paths of, uh, people that were doing the wrong things, you know, Mm -hmm. I took a big dive in my life and and went downhill. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. What exactly? Well, you know, I got into drug addiction um, heavily, um, uh, just, you know, in and out of institutions, in and out of of jails after that, you know, uh, just not, you know, living a lifestyle that I was supposed to be because I started very late. You know, it was just, you know, like I said, I was hanging out with these guys, you know, going to AC with them, you know, trips and, and bars and stuff, sniffing coke and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it progressed for me and wound up losing that job, went to Mystic Ice Tea when that was very popular, lost that job. Then I decided to get away from everything. I went to a rehab, then I went to a halfway house in Florida. Stayed in Florida for about five to six years. That didn't work. Still doing the same things. Came back to Jersey. 
still just doing the same things over and over and over. And mm-hmm. 20 years later, you know, 20, maybe even a little bit more. Um, I'm 45 now, so minus five years. Minus five years, um, I would have been 40, so was, I'd say about 20 years of, of drug addiction and, and, and fighting wow. to, to get back to where I needed to be in life. Wow, that's amazing. What exactly prompted your change since so much didn't really The last uh, hurrah for me, um, you know, it's, it was a lot of... Uh, um, uh, you know, I, I, even when I had kids, I had kids, and I was still, you know, once I had kids, you know, it was my son first, and um, it was just really, you know, getting clean, then relapsing, and, you know, I was away from them, away from him uh, periods of time, you know, I have him for three, four years, and my parents had to do him, because I could go to jail and do a year or two, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It was, uh, it was just a crazy lifestyle, but, um, you know, a, kid, a kid's mom, we were both in drug addiction together. We were together for, you know, almost throughout my whole drug addiction, probably like 13 years. And, um, you know, she wanted to still use and I just didn't want it no more. And, you know, I took another turn with her, a bad dive with her. And then, you know, once that happened, I was just like, that was five years ago, the last time that, wow. and I just... I just didn't want it anymore. It's just something inside that clicks, you know. That's you know, you know, you could be, you could go through, um, you could go to a million rehabs, you can go to a million jails, you know. You, people could beg you to death, but I mean, it's just something's got to click inside you in order, because I mean, no one's gonna save, no one's gonna save you but yourself. Wow. And you gotta wanna wanna save yourself, you know, because mm-hmm. if not, it's just. You're just, you know, prolonging a nightmare ready to happen. Wow. So, you know, the last time that I did go away, I came out and I said, you know what, I got to do what I got to do. And plus, I was facing some heavy-duty time. And um, I said, you know what, I wanted before, I was doing my thing before that because I did accumulate a couple of years and then uh, fell on my face. And then I said, you know, I'm just going to take this drug court program. You know, I'll thank God for, uh, you know, I don't agree with a lot of things he'd done, but I agreed with that because, you know, it actually helped me out when Governor Christie um, uh, introduced that some different types of charges um, can get the drug court program on violent crimes. And I was able, right one in there, I was able to get in there at that particular time because it just went into play. And I went in on a program called Drug Court, and um, I completely changed my life around. That is amazing, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that with no, me. No, absolutely. So I'll give you a little quick insight. You know, I'm not bragging, but, you know, I just want to um, let people brag. know. You no, can no, brag. I don't want to brag because it's really not what that's about. <laughs> it's really not what that's about at all. Um, it, it, it's, um, it, it, it's sharing experiences to, uh, to see that other people that are out there like me, that it can be done with a little hard work and determination. Um, so five years ago, you know, I left the, the county jail on drug court, and uh, I didn't have nothing. I was actually doing barbering in jail. Wow. So I had to, I didn't have anything in booking to leave with but a pair of sneakers. So I was cutting some dude's hair for a whole month, so he'd buy me a pair of sweatpants and a T-shirt so I could leave. Wow. And that's all I had to my name. Parents didn't want to help me. Nobody wanted to help me because I burnt so many bridges. 
But they helped me this one last time and gave me, I think it was like $300 to get into some um, Oxford house, it was called. It's like a recovery program mm-hmm. house. And um, I got into that while I was in drug court and, you know, got a job, um, worked my ass off, bought a little car. Like I said, I had nothing. Bought a little car, shitty car for $1,000 and just kept working, paying off fines, doing whatever I had to do, you know, um, upgrading in cars, upgrading in clothes, and, and, and changing jobs to just to get to where I, I, I wanted to be. And within five years, I've done all that. I've owned my own successful successful business. I bought a house. You know, I got my kid. Both of my kids live with me now. You know what I mean? I take oh, care of them. You know, there was tragedy. Their mom died of drug addiction because she didn't want to get her life straightened out. But, you know, I have good people in my life. I have good surroundings. And, and, and it's, it's, it's just, you know, something that, you know, I worked hard for and did. And, and I hope it's an inspiration to people out there that are like me to hear that story so they know that it, it, there is a, a, a truth and, a, and, and light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again so much for sharing that. It's so powerful. And I commend you greatly for really pursuing your dreams because I'm sure you've been through a lot as you went through. And um, just knowing where you are now is crazy because it's a complete 180, the success that you have now versus where you were in the past. And it's amazing, seriously. I know we have listeners across the nation that are really going to resonate. And I hope that even with that story, we impact one life because even one person's difference means the world to us and what we're doing here. There was another thing I wanted to touch on, too. Um, also, as far as, you know, what I do in the industry, um, not only do I just not own a shop, you know, I, 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 I do a lot with different companies. I do a lot with a, uh, um, 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 a clipper company. I do a lot with a, um, um, a product company. You know, one's called JRL um, Hair Clippers, and the other one's Hunter 1114 um, Hair Products, you know. And, you know, 10 years ago, I couldn't get anybody to help me do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, these days, I got these people flying me all over the United States, you know, doing shows, classes, you know, and it's just a wonderful experience. You know, I'm 45, you know, and and, 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 and to be able to do that and, 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 um, and um, what, uh, get acknowledged as mm-hmm. in the industry and just starting out late when, you know, Instagram was going on, everybody, you know, Got got involved in that, and to get in at this age, and for somebody to, it was actually a big accomplishment for me, and and, and I'm very happy with that. Absolutely, and I'm super happy to hear about this story too. And one thing that I always say to people, no matter how situation, how bad their situation is, good things happen to good people, and that's something that I will stand by forever. Because if you have a good heart and you believe in helping others, and also pursuing what you really want in life, good things will happen. And that's just how it is. It's how life works. And it's all about making the best out of every every situation that you're in because, like, when you left jail and all you had was, like, shoes and sweatpants, like, that's where a lot of other people would look back and be like, what do I do? But you had something burning inside of you where you knew that you wanted more. And that's what you did. Absolutely. And, you know, nobody wants anything to do with you when you're like that. Nobody wants to help somebody out like that, especially, like I said, when you burn so many bridges. So it's all up to you. You have to prove 100% 
to everybody else that you can do it. I mean, nobody is gonna um, um, do it for you, and and, yeah. and that's what a lot of you know, you know, and, that, and that's a lot of people like me and, and and people in the drug addiction ways. You know, they they start getting you know building up a little thing. Ah, oh, I got all these tickets. Oh, I got all these fines, and bam, resort right back to drugs because it's easier for the problems to go away than to just go through the necessary steps to take care. Mm-hmm. Listen, we don't ruin our lives in one day, so you're not going to get your life back together in one day. Yeah, absolutely. I think Laura's computer. I'm not sure. Well, mm-hmm. never mind. We're good. <laughs> We're all good. It takes time. You know, yeah. you can ruin your life in a year a lot faster, and then it's going to take you five, six years to rebuild it. Yeah, that's true. And hearing that you're really making all the changes that you needed to make is so powerful and it's incredible. So one of the questions that I always like to ask as well is what really inspired you to start your own business? Because I know that that's a huge step and a huge risk that a lot of people sometimes don't want to take. So what made you think like, I'm going to do this? Well, there was a couple things uh, for me that inspired me um, to owning my own business. Um, I'm not going to lie, I jumped into it quick uh, because I got presented with an offer to me that it was very hard for me to refuse. I'm not going to lie, I was very happy at the job that I was working at. I was making decent money. Um, so uh, I'm not going to, I can't say anything that there was um, anything like that that just made me go and open a shop. It was just. Um, you know, I knew at that particular time that I, even though I know the shop would have worked with me, it was just not fair for me to put my burdens on them. And by me taking on my kids full time, um, having to leave a couple times a day at the shop, do this, leave early, come late, do whatever, it's hard to find. A employer might put up with it for a little while. But it's going to be hard for an employer to put up with that all the time, especially when they're trying to make money. So that was a big factor. Um, like I said, the offer was a big factor. It was just a bam, somebody came in, uh, a client of mine came in and um, said one day that, uh, hey, my mom's selling her shop. And I was like, where is it? And he was telling me it was in brick or whatever. And I called her and went down and looked at it. And then it was a, a go from there. Wow. Um, so I'm not saying I never wanted that. my own shop. I did want my own shop, you know, but, you know, that's how it happened for me, you know, and it's just like, you know, right time, right place, right time. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I guess it's almost like a like a blessing, like it just kind of fell into your lap. Absolutely. That's amazing. And I'm so happy that you do have your own shop because I'm a local and I don't get my hair cut often, but <laughs> when I do, I'll be keeping you in mind for sure. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, for sure. So what advice would you give to someone looking to start their own business since you've had yours for a couple of years now? Advice. <clears throat> My advice for somebody, see, everybody today wants to open their own shop. Um, My advice today is getting to get into a shop, learn the aspects of running a shop, learn what it, what, what, uh, um, what, what it takes to run a shop, and, and get the experience that you need and cutting, you know, um, and, and then, you know, I would say, you know, look into that, you know, it's, 
it's, you know, I can't sit there and say when should somebody open their own shop. Only you're going to know that when you're ready. You know, listen, I'm doing good now, but, you know, this shop might not work out for me. And it might take me one, twice, three times, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, everybody's not a first-time winner, but, you know, hopefully this is a first-time winner for me. But, you know, I, I just feel that when you feel it's ready and, you know, are comfortable with the money that you have in the ba- bank to ba- to um, to back yourself in case it doesn't take off and you're building something from scratch, then go for it, you know. If not, you know, you just got to sit there and, 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 and wait till the time is right. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that, and I think it's super true because sometimes um, you just really need to listen to you and what you want, and when the time's right to not really hold back because I feel like there's a lot of people that hold back when they have that opportunity. Oh, absolutely, and there's people I know to, in this, to this day that have been talking about opening their shop up for 10 years and still holds them back because they're scared. But, you know, you have to take chances in life. And, and like I said, it might not happen on the first one, but you, you keep hard, hard work, determination, and keep trying. Eventually, it will. you will find something success, successful for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, and I definitely agree with that. Because if you really want success, then you got to go find absolutely. it, and it's all about taking it. action. Absolutely. So, what would you say is the most difficult part of owning your own shop, especially where you see so many different people every single day? Um, the most difficult for me, because I don't think that it's really. Um, um, I mean, it was a little difficult for me in the beginning. I'm not going to lie, it still is, because like I said, I never had did the beauty salon part of it. So the girls that I have there, especially my girlfriend, she works with me. So, you know, they've helped me out <laughs> tremendously on, you know, uh, what different products and stuff that we need when we do ordering and stuff like that. Because um, that, that, was, that, was, uh, that was tough for me and how to scheduling the, the girls' appointments and stuff like that. I still ain't got it to a T yet, but, you know, a lot better than what I was. Um, but I think the most aggravating factor in having a shop is actually, you know, I love everybody that works for me, and, and we have so far a good team, but uh, is um, trying to find people to come and work and trying to find people that if they do come and work, that they don't come with a lot of uh, shit with them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's, the, that's, that, that's my, my biggest problem, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'd rather have an empty chair than to have somebody that I'm not happy with. Yeah. And, and, and it stinks because I have empty chairs making no money, but I still won't put nobody. I'm not just going to put somebody in a failed chair either. Yeah, and I think that that's something that's important that a lot of people need to hear because a lot of people would rather fill a slot and get the right person in. It's all about getting the right people. Absolutely. Because attitudes and, 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 and um, uh, they clash, and, um, and you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's tough. You know, I mean, one wants this one, one wants that, this one's this, this one, you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to, it's, you've got to find that balance that, you know, everybody's not going to be happy, but everybody can deal with it. Yeah, that's definitely true. And how would you say that you connect with each person that comes in? Because one of the 
the things that I've realized about getting a haircut is it's a super personal experience. Like you really are transforming someone's look and how you really connect with the person who you're working with and making sure that they get their ideal haircut. Well, that's what the consultation's for, so you have to talk with your client. But you know, if you're uh, um, if you're if this is your industry that you're in, like you have to be able to visualize. You have to be able to visualize what would actually look good on that client, especially from what they have now. You know what I mean? So, and and by talking to them and 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 coming to an agreement on what we're going to do, um, sometimes a client will come in and insist on what he wants to do, and I'll be like, I'm not going to sit there and tell him no, we're not doing that. But you know, you have to advise your client that you know this is what's going to happen if this is what you want. We need to do it this way. So you know when you know it, it, it stuff starts growing in or whatever, it, 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 your hair doesn't start looking crazy and then you're, <laughs> you're going through a nightmare. So I mean, it's all about visualizing, doing, and and, and talking with your client before um, you should actually start cutting hair. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's more of a process than most people yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, because I feel like most times people just walk into a barber shop, sit down in the chair. And then just assume that the barber just goes for it. But it seems like you really, like, take a lot more time with each of the people that you work yeah, with. Yeah, I ask everybody what they want. And, you know, a lot of people will say, okay, well, let's just use a haircut for uh, one of the most popular haircuts that's out there right now mm-hmm. is uh, one of those hard parts where you get the carved in part on the yeah. side. People are like, all right, well, shave my hair all the way up to the part, give a hard part, and comb it over to the side. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I mean, that's fine, but if I do that, then I'm going to take all the hair off the crown of your head, and then when you grow it in, you're going to have a big pu- uh, bush hanging, bushy, but your hair could be bushy back there. Yeah. So why don't we just do the hard part, bring your, drop your fade down so we can keep the hair on your crown, so when it, when it, when after your skin fade grows in, you don't see everything just sticking up. So those are the little something little that you wanted to advise. Now, if he's... Um, um, uh, if he insists on that's what he wants, he wants to shave up the part. Oh, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. But you know, I will lead them in the right direction. You know, yeah. and you know, after that, it's you can only lead the horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. And then yeah. the next time, Phil, I should have listened to you. I told you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that a lot of people would rather just get like their ideal haircut like immediately. But like how you like plan ahead for exactly what will happen when their hair grows in because whether they like it or not, your hair is going to grow. Yeah, they see a style, but they don't understand what it's going to look like when it grows in. And then, you know, another thing, it makes me laugh all the time. I mean, I, I, it's not that I, I get uh, upset with the customer. It's not his fault, but it just makes me really laugh when, you know, a customer will come in and just hold up their phone, hey, I want this. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you're showing me a picture of black straight poker hair, and you got blonde curly hair. There's no way I'm gonna get your hair cut like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. It's you gotta true. look up your hair texture, your hair color, and see what the haircuts look on what you have. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've not only shown people pictures on a phone before, but I've told people cutting my hair to just like cut it the way I want it. And in two weeks, I've been like, what the heck is going on with my head? And you feel like you, you like, get into a pattern where, like, you want to just, like, get another new haircut, another new haircut, rather than, like, plan ahead for what's going to happen with your hair grows. Yeah. Yeah. So I 
know this is probably going to be a tough question, but I feel like given our conversation, we've got into the tough stuff already. Where do you see yourself and your business in 10 years? Well, I honestly see myself, well, well I'm hoping to see myself honestly, you know, um, the shop doing very well and being a successful, successful shop. Um, I'm hoping to have another one one day or maybe a couple more, who knows. Um, um, I definitely like what I do with the companies that I work for, so hopefully I can get more involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my ultimate goal would to be have a couple shops running smooth, having shop manager in there, um, me cutting still a couple days a week and doing a lot of other stuff in the industry as far as educating and, and, and doing the shows like I was doing and, and really into that, you know, it's, and, and having the shops, you know, um, making money and, 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 and taking it, um, you know, not taking it easy, but just, you know, you know, just living happily, yeah, and living being happily, being and, and being able to have some time for myself and and all that. But yeah, I would love to have another shop one day. I mean, who knows? Maybe I, this is not the shop for me, and I leave where I'm at and open it somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's yeah. But I I I would want at least two, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and just doing and just following my uh, goals and dreams and and, and setting goals and, and completing them. That's awesome, and I definitely believe you will accomplish those as well, given the incredible turnaround that you've had recently. I think that once you've been through what you've been through, at this point you're relentless and nothing's going to be stopping you from really doing what you want to do. Pretty much. Exactly. Just sit back in your chair and cross your arms. You're like, yep, pretty much. Wow, that's so awesome. So I'm going to channel my inner John for this because he asks everyone this question. What is your life quote? You can both answer that too, by the way, because I'm sure you both have awesome quotes. Let's see, life quote. I can say mine if you want me to. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can do yours. I I mean, I have to. You know, I I know exactly what my life quote is. Just putting it into a uh, in a couple of words as a quote. Yeah. Um. What, what was your Absolutely. So my life quote is, the only time you should ever look back is to see how far you've come. Yeah, that's and, also, uh, and that's also, or actually, I actually just put a quote up the other day, which uh, I really believe hardcore in, and, and I feel the same way you do about, um, about that, but I like to learn new things, and I'm not, I can learn things from anybody, mm-hmm. and this is how I grow. And this is so. This would be a great uh, one of my uh, great quotes that I love um, that I uh, I wrote is um, if you're not willing to learn, nobody can help you. If you're determined to to learn, nobody can stop you. And um, I love and, and 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 that's big for me because you know what I'm learning to. I'm humble. I can ask for help. You know, I have something going wrong in the salon or whatever, and and and. And I have mentors, and I have people that I look up to, and I have no problem reaching out and saying, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. 
Tyreek, I don't know what I'm doing. Ivan Zoo, I don't know what I'm doing. What do I, what do? I do? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've been in this business 27 years, and these, these people, some people that I ask what to do, they haven't even been, they've been in the business less than me. But see, I can learn from anybody. Mm-hmm. I can learn from a two-year-old child, and I can learn from somebody that's 80 years old. So I think once you uh, feel like uh, you know it all, is there's a problem. Yeah, I love that, and I deeply appreciate how you how you feel like you could learn from anyone because it's true. I feel like everyone has their own story, and it's all about just kind of listening because the best way to learn is to listen. Absolutely. Whether you're talking to a stranger or someone who you've been friends with for 20 years, there's always new information that you could learn and grow from. There's a saying for that. Um, it says, uh, uh, take the cotton out of your ears and stuff it in your mouth. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. And uh, I've already been thinking about what I'm going to title this podcast, and it's going to be that you can learn from anyone. And I think that's so powerful because I feel like a lot of people will, like, set up, like, pretty much a wall for people that, like, they don't want to learn from or don't want to, like, associate themselves with. But that's the worst thing you could possibly do because you need to listen to other people and understand what they've been through to make you who you are. Like, you, if you're only talking to the same people every single day, you're going to become them mm-hmm. and lose who you are. So you need to talk to a bunch of different people and experience different things. And that's the only way for you to really realize who you are and what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. Yeah, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It is a huge, huge honor for me. And for everyone else, um, for all those listeners who want to see Phil's great haircuts, go follow Billy's Cuts on Instagram. I can guarantee that you are going to get some new ideas. So you can become... Our our Instagram page is Philly's Cuts Beauty Salon and Barbershop. My own personal Instagram page is Philly's Cuts. There you have it, guys. And you can check out his Instagram page and become one of those people who walks around with their phone to show barbers of what they want because he's going to get some good stuff on there. Great, guys. Thank you so much, and have an awesome day. You too. Thank you.